Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Jared Grabeel about how continual growth is essential for every leader. Jared Grabeel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Glad to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Uh, You really have an interesting background. I'll share that with listeners in just a moment when I read your bio. Um, But I'm excited to have a chance to talk about the connection between health and fitness and workplace uh, leadership characteristics and how organizations can run more effectively. Specifically today, I want to touch on your book, The Self-Help Book, Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing. And we're going to focus our conversation around Um, how continual growth is essential for every leader. As we get started, I just wanted to share uh, Jared's bio with everybody. Jared is an an NASM certified personal trainer, fitness nutrition specialist, behavioral change specialist, CrossFit level two trainer, and corrective exercise specialist with an education in marketing and psychology. He owns and operates two companies, one of which is Superfit Foods, a healthy subscription-based, fully customized meal prep company. The other is E3, a business consulting and marketing agency. He's done a few uh, really cool things like exhibit Superfit Foods at Forbes Under 30, a TEDx talk on nutrition and mental health, and every day he gets to work hard and do what he loves. Again, uh, a real pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, before we launch into the conversation, anything else that you would specifically like to share by, by way of background, personal context, anything like that for listeners? Um, I don't think of anything right off the bat. We might get into it when we get into the questions, though. Okay, cool. Well, again, uh, thank you. And, and maybe we'll start with your book, um, the self-help book, Six Practical Ways to Never Stop Growing. Your background is so interesting. Uh, and, and frankly, I haven't interviewed a lot of people that have such an extensive uh, personal health and exercise kind of a profile and background. Um, and so tell us a little bit about how you got into work with your two different companies, what prompted you and inspired you to write the book and then we can delve into a little bit more specifics about the book um, so I'll try to make a really long story short because you know what got me into these companies is is like health and fitness what got me into that is another thing so uh from the age of 11 to about 17 uh I sold weed for a living it was like what came natural to me it was based off the environment I grew up in and the people I was around um, I did really well with it, considerably well. Uh, and ironically, that's legal in most parts of the country now. But um, I ended up getting caught and going to jail. And I spent the summer after my senior year in jail and uh, for possession and distribution and all that fun stuff. 
in jail, I found my passion for fitness. I also found God. And both of those things um, really made a massive influence in my life. Um, fitness at the time made a larger influence than my relationship with God. And so when I got out, I spent two years on house arrest throughout that time. I got certified in training. I went to college and I found a job in a gym and worked my way up to become a GM over about two years. I was a GM of a nationwide health club. And um, long story short, did that for another three or four years. Obviously, it was my passion. Now it was my profession, something that I was pursuing with everything that I had and decided to get out of the corporate style world of fitness and pursue, in my opinion, uh, how I can make a greater impact in the day-to-day lives of people. And so I started Super Fit Foods in 2015. Um, obviously, there's so many other stories and nuances to those experiences, but that's what brought me to Super Fit Foods. Started in May of 2015. We grew fast, quickly, uh, expanded into Jacksonville the next year, and I expanded the operations to Northeast Florida. And so now we're, we ship nationwide, but our primary objective is growing in the Northeast Florida area. Um, about two years into it, uh, I really love working with other business owners, other leaders, and young people um, on like a mentorship level on whether it's building a business or self-leadership practices or leading small teams. So I started E3 Business Solutions because the opportunity really presented itself. Um, people were regularly asking for help and willing to pay for it. And so I decided to capitalize on that opportunity. Um, I'm really big on time management. So I, I got to a place where Superfit Foods was um, something I could manage with a new business as well. And so I launched that second business and I've had a lot of fun with it. Um, I think they complement each other for me and, and they stimulate my crave for learning and knowledge and applying that to both businesses. So that's the story of those two businesses and my health and fitness background and how it relates to business. Um, so I'll transition into the book story. Yeah. And real quick, can I just say thank you for sharing that background? Um you know, that is a, a unique background and it's really fun to see the arc of your, your personal growth and development as you, you know, through your teenage years and getting into young adulthood and starting your career and starting businesses. I mean, that's, that's kind of what the, the, uh, this American dream that, you know, sometimes seems a little like it's getting more and more elusive. Um, but that's exactly what it's all about. Right. And, and, uh, it, it's, it's wonderful to see how, how you were able to come out of, you know, what was not the best of situations and turn it around and make something really great. Yeah. Out of it. And it's something I'm grateful for. I know it's not an opportunity everybody gets, but I've learned a ton uh, through those experiences. And I try to do my best to share that with the world, which, you know, which kind of what brought me to writing a book. Um, so the self-help book was started off as a blog and I'll back up a little bit. Um, when I was a kid, I was never very good at writing. At least I didn't do very good in school. I got C's and stuff, you know, I didn't fail, but, um, writing literature classes, I was subpar. And so I'd never thought that that was something that I would be able to do, but I read a quote by Benjamin Franklin when I was young, cause I'm big into reading. And he basically says, I'll paraphrase it for him, but if you want to live a life worth remembering, um, either write things worth reading or do things worth writing about. And, you know, I, I don't think that I'm going to be the next Red Bull athlete to jump out of a spaceship or anything. Um, so I figured I'll start writing. And I started writing a separate book a couple of years ago and got what we would call writer's block. But I blog regularly. 
and I wrote this blog called Six Ways to Never Stop Growing, and it ended up being really long, too long for my normal blog readers. And so I thought, you know, I can add more context to this teaching and publish it as a short book, um, a short self-help book. And I thought, well, the title can't be Six Ways to Never Stop Growing because that's not really a book title. That's a subtitle. And so I was like, what's the name of the book? And I thought, well, what is it? It's a self-help book. And I just Googled it. I'm like, how did nobody take that name? <laughs> and so I ran with it. And, you know, here we are. Well, that's, that's excellent. Um, congratulations on the book. I know it's a big deal. It's a, it's a lot of work and it takes, you know, just, just the conceptualization and, and getting your ideas on to paper, you know, figuratively or typing it on the computer, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's hard stuff and writer's block is real. Um, and again, it, it demonstrates resilience on your part, you know, in, you know, an area that you didn't feel super strong in. And it turns out, that yeah, you have something important to say and to, to contribute and you could get your thoughts down and, and share it um, with people in a helpful way. So that's, that's really wonderful. Well, with all of that background, uh, now let's, let's get into what some of these practical tips are. Uh, I know the, the kind of the, the overarching theme of this book is continual growth, right? And, and we live in a world that's increasingly complex and interconnected. And I mean, you got things like COVID that disrupt everyone's world, but that's not the only disruption. There's all sorts of disruptions that, um, that are really causing challenges for leaders. And so continual growth is absolutely essential. Without continual growth, you, you're going to stagnate and you, you simply won't, you, you may be okay today, but next year, someone else is going to, um, you know, take over your market share, or they're going to come up with the next great idea, and you're going to be pushed out. So we have to continually be learning, innovating, um, refining, and moving things forward. So what are some of those, those practical tips that are in your self-help book um, that help us to practice this, this continual growth uh, to become an effective leader? So I think one of the things that's super important before you, we'll say, embark on this journey of lo- lifelong growth is acknowledging the fact that you can grow in every season. Um, I, I, I think people get caught up in this, like I'm in a season of growth or I'm, I'm not in a season of growth. And it's like, you have the choice to grow in every season of, of every year. Um, but it may not look the same and you may not be growing in all the same ways, which is why in the book I outlined six practical ways to never stop growing, right? And those things for the audience are confidence, competence, clarity, connections, commitment, and character. So congratulations on getting all six to start with the C. That's excellent. Yeah, everyone loves a good alliteration. And so, um, you know, I think there are seasons where you're growing in your confidence, you're accomplishing things. There's seasons where you're growing in your competence and you're behind closed doors learning, you're learning stuff. Um, Or maybe you're growing in your connections and you're spending time with your social circles, you're meeting new people. Um, or maybe you're investing in your character, which we can all agree is super important. And we can let go of that sometimes when we're too busy with the other things. Um, and then last but not least, right, commitment. Uh, a lot of us have weak commitment muscles. And so growing in those areas and checking those things off your list are all different ways. And, and sometimes you can grow in all six. Um, but if you feel like you're not harboring growth, focus on one and, and double down. And the book helps you to sort of identify what's most important 
maybe in this chapter or this season or kind of whatever verbiage you like to use for your, your lifestyle shifts. Um, but some practical things, we'll, we'll start with the first chapter, which is confidence, is self-care. Uh, this is something girls talk a lot about, but it's not super masculine. Um, and most guys, if they're being honest, care about the way that they look. Um, and if you don't, you should. Even if you want to look like someone that doesn't care that you look a certain way, that means you still care about looking a certain way. And so having confidence in your ability to look however it is you want to look, right? If you want to be the guy that has long hair, long beard, cool, own it and take care of it and like nurture that, whatever that is for you. Um, or even on the practical level of like getting the right amount of sleep and uh, how you talk to yourself, right? So confidence, I think, comes down to a lot of how we treat ourselves. And so I, I basically outline what is self-talk, what is negative self-talk, positive, and how can we implement some strategies in, the, in such a way where we become better friends with ourselves? Uh, because, you know, and I, I can't speak for everybody, but with the way that some people talk to themselves, if you talk to your friends that way, they wouldn't be your friends for very long. And so why should you treat yourself that way? I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And as you were talking about the importance of confidence, you know, so that we can grow and we feel like we're worth it and, you know, I think of this self-care conversation and that's something that I've struggled with over the years. You know, I, I, uh, I'm kind of a family man. I have six children, you know, I work, try to provide, like, it's, it's just a lot of work and you're busy and you're trying to juggle a lot of things. And honestly, the first thing that usually, you know, gets set aside is, Oh, go exercise, go, you know, do this, that, or the other to take care of yourself. Um, because it, it almost feels selfish. Um, but no, it's not selfish because you're taking care of yourself, which allows you to take care of your family better um, or, or be there for your friends or for your colleagues at work. Uh, and so it needs to be a balance, of course, and, uh, but we need to take care of ourselves. And, and that takes some confidence to, to think that you're worth it, right? To, yeah. to put that time into yourself and your own development. Um, but I also think that confidence is really critical, not just for how you treat yourself, but also how you treat other people, because 
I don't, I don't know what you think, but it's, it seems to be my consistent experience that when, when I'm around people who are just kind of jerks, um, who don't treat people well, almost always they're pretty insecure people. Um, yeah. and that insecurity just speaks to, you know, they're putting on a facade of confidence, but they're the deep down that confidence isn't there and they feel like they have to mask it and they overcompensate and they try to make themselves look better by putting other people down. And if we want to treat ourselves well and others, well, we have to develop like that sense, innate sense of self-worth and personal confidence. And that will bleed into all aspects of our lives. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to start with this. The first chat, well, it's the second chapter in the book. It's the first of the six C's. Um, and then, you know, one of the other ones, of course, is competence, right? Because you can, you can have an extreme air of confidence about you, but if you don't have follow through, meaning if you don't understand the topic that you're, you're talking about, if you don't understand the subject matter that at work you were given a promotion and it's because you're so confident in yourself, but then you, you can't actually fulfill your duties because you haven't learned how to do the work, then you're going to have a hard time. And so competence talks about a lot of practical strategies on, on learning. There's going to be a big theme on reading and setting goals in there. Um, so I talk about, you know, practical strategies for you know, setting goals would be one, right? And an acronym I like to use, and I think Brian Tracy, who's like a goal setting expert, uh, I don't know that he made this up, but it's a smart acronym, right? Specific, measurable, attainable, uh, relevant, and time-based. And so, you know, it's just a, everyone loves acronyms. They love uh, alliteration. So what is the goal? The goal isn't to quote unquote run more. The goal is to run a mile a day, five days a week. That's specific, you know, measurable again, a one mile a day, instead of running every day this week, I'm going to run one mile a day, five days a week, uh, attainable, right? Can you physically do that? If you're like, well, I haven't ran in 10 years, maybe it's walk a half a mile, five days this week. And then in a year, I'm going to be running one mile a day, five days a week, something like that. Um, and then relevant, right? Relevant. Some people set goals just to fit in with their friends or they saw somebody else set a goal and it's, it's not relevant. You don't actually enjoy to do that. Maybe you're, maybe you want to learn uh, more about science, but it doesn't, it's not relevant to your job, to your friendships, to your career, and you're not actually interested in it. You just went on a date with a girl who was a scientist and now you want to, you know, it's like, is it really relevant to your life? No. So you probably shouldn't set it as a goal. And then time-based, when are you going to do this? By what time, right? Hold yourself accountable to that. So that's a practical way to grow in your competence level. Um, and, and I would just add to that. One of the great things about smart goals is that they, they kind of force you towards developing habits and habits only happen through consistency, right? So, so like you said, you know, if, if someone has a goal of running a marathon, fantastic. That's, that's wonderful. The vast majority of people aren't going to be able to go from zero to 60 and, and run a marathon later this year when they don't get out regularly and even run a mile. So it's, it's, it's not even about how far, like, it's just like, get out there consistently, you know, five days a week, start with a quarter mile, half mile, mile, pretty soon you're running five K's, 10 K's. And, and over time you just, you literally build up those muscles, but you build up your, your self-confidence in your ability to be resilient um, and to push through hard things and pain and, and those sorts of things. Um, 
which will then allow you to, to eventually get to the point where you can achieve those really great milestones, those, those really huge accomplishments. I personally can't imagine ever running a marathon. Um, I, I don't enjoy running. And so it's kind of, a, it's, it's really a chore for me. I do like biking and, and, and an, I, I don't bike as much anymore, but in another life, you know, I did many really long bike rides, um, 200 mile bike rides and such. And, and, you know, it's not the same as a marathon riding a bike's different, but it's, it's a pretty significant thing. So, you know, I, miles was challenging. Yeah. I, I, so, you know, I, I think about that and I'm like, I gained a lot of self-confidence by building up to that and being able to do that. And even though I don't really do that anymore, you know, it, it has laid a, a groundwork and a foundation of confidence in myself to be able to do hard things. That's, yeah. that's carried with me throughout my life. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's a good point you know, and, and these kind of all work within themselves. You build one, it's going to most likely build the other. Um, of course, the next one is clarity. And some people can get so caught up and busy, busy, right? Like the last time you ran into an old friend, you're like, how are you? And he or she says, I'm busy, I've been busy. Um, so we can fill our plate up with so many things that might even be fulfilling, but we lose a little bit of clarity in our lives. We, we can't think as clearly anymore. And it might just be for a short period of time. And sometimes you need to check yourself and take a day, take an hour, reframe your morning routine so you can have time for reflection. So there's some practical tips in there. And one of them is fasting, right? And a lot of people look at fasting differently. Of course, you have different religions that practice fasting as a part of their, uh, as part of their religion. And that's not, I mean, that is a part of what I'm talking about if it's relevant to the reader, but I'm talking about maybe you need to fast from social media, um, Maybe single people, you should fast from these dating apps for a couple days. You know, there are stuff that takes up our time that we don't realize. Um, maybe you should fast from television for a week when you've got a big project due, right? Because we like to think, oh, I don't have time to do X, Y, and Z. But there are things that take up our time that we could take a break from and get more time to think and to breathe and to rest. And so sometimes that's what we need to do. Um, and so I, you know, I implement some strategies around fasting and some information on how that works, because that word can be, you know, let's say you have a bad experience with diets, and you hear the word fasting, and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that. Um, or maybe you have a bad experience with religion, and you're like, I don't want to do it. You know, so read into it a little bit more, learn a little bit more about it, and how it can be contextualized in your life. Um, clarity also comes back to communication. And I talk a lot about that, because I think, um, over time, mainly young people, I would say, in my experience, are losing the art of formal communication uh, because we live in a digital era where everything is shortened, um, if, if not just avoided. And so communication can be powerful. If you're, if you're lacking clarity in your life, it might just be one conversation with one friend. It might be one conversation with your boss, your spouse, um, your, your family, your parents, who knows who you need to talk to and get some advice from to get some stuff off your chest. And so communication patterns come into that and it sounds like a given, but people take quality communication for granted and it can impact your life. Yeah. I mean, there are, when we talk about effective leaders, effective organizations, effective individuals that just like have like live successful lives, it does come back again and again to some fairly simple consistent principles, right? And communication and relationship building is one of those. You, it doesn't matter whether you're talking with a, a partner or spouse at home, friends, family, uh, 
people in the workplace, your team, like whatever you're talking about, it all comes back to relationships and relationships are built on trust and trust is developed and maintained through open and transparent, consistent communications. Like it's all interconnected and it's not rocket science. Like you just have to do those things. And when you set them by the, the side and you kind of put them off or, or procrastinate them, then inevitably things crop up, uh, negative behaviors, negative dynamics and interactions. And, and instead of us moving forward positively into the future, um, you know, there will always be setbacks, but instead of being able to work through those, then we, that's where things fester. And, and eventually you end up finding yourself in a situation where, you know, relationships are destroyed, whether it's in the workplace or at home. And, and uh, so much of it could be avoided if we just gave consistent effort towards, you know, those simple things each and every day. Yeah, I agree. And then, you know, it really trans, like you mentioned trust and, and connections and relationships, the next chapter is connections. Um, and, you know, the point can be said that even introverts like people, they usually just like other people like them, right? And so, or smaller crowds and stuff. So this chapter isn't for extroverts, it's for everyone. I would say if, if anything, it's more for introverts that don't naturally make connections a priority in their life. And so, um, you know, you could be one relationship away from radically changing your life, whether that's a new friendship, a business partner, a colleague, coworker, mentor, mentee, potential spouse, right? Like making one connection could dramatically change your life. And if you're intentional about it, it'll positively dramatically change your life, right? Because we know some connections can, can turn us the other direction. And so making connections a priority in this you know, the best way to talk about this particular chapter is let's assume that you move to a new city and you need a playbook on meeting people. This is your playbook. Um, it talks about where to go online if you want to meet people, right? Of course, there's, there's these dating apps if you want to meet somebody that way, but there's these Facebook groups, there's BNI groups in every city. So there's some practical information around that, but I even go into like how to shake a hand, right? Some people don't know how to properly shake a hand and there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And so, um, this is just, there's some, some dying uh, art of like shaking a hand that I think that people aren't being taught and that can, you know, first impressions are everything. And so making a connection can come down to literally how well you shake a hand or how well you present yourself, um, carrying yourself in public, making eye contact, things like that. Because in a first impression, if you don't make a good one, it's not that people will hate you. They just won't particularly be interested in getting to know you. And then that's, you know, you could either win or fail a relationship right away that way. So I go into some, some context and some practical information around creating connections. Um, and I, I love that one because it's a lot of fun to meet new people. Excellent. Well, Jared, it has really been a lot of fun talking with you. The time has flown by. Um, we could continue and go on and on. Uh, but before we part ways today, I did want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your book, where they can find it, uh, and anything else you'd like to share uh, by way of just final word on the topic. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, thanks for having me. The self-help book is on anywhere online where books are sold, but you know, Amazon's probably going to get it to you the fastest. Uh, I created a journal that goes with it. It's called the self-help journal. You can find it in the same place. And then of course you can find me on Instagram, Jared Axel Grabiel, or my website, jaredgrabiel.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Jared. It's been a pleasure. I really encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out uh, more about what Jared can do for you. Check out his book. 
And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.